Hello, everyone. We're happy you're back after the Christmas break for a new story, Pearson Peters Breaks a Bone. We here at Whimsy Wins hope you had a great holiday season and are enjoying the start of a brand new year. If I sound like I have a cold, it's because I do. So please excuse the way I sound. Hopefully, and the Lord willing, my cold will get better soon. As always, if you hear a title of a hymn or a line from a hymn in the story, be sure to write us at whimsywins at gmail.com. And if yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. In our last story, The Peter's Merry Christmas, the hymn title was Joy to the World. But unfortunately, we didn't have a winner. If you've not yet listened to that episode, we invite you to do so and to any others you may have missed hearing. I hope you're ready to listen to the new story. Here we go. Pearson Peters Breaks a Bone What a day Christmas had been in the Peters family. There had been feasting and caroling, gift-giving and receiving, and snow. It was a great time for everyone to spend with one another and with the extended family. Penelope and Pearson Peters had gone to bed much later than usual and had awakened on December 26th, much later than usual. But the moment they awakened, they both remembered all of the presents they had yet to play with. After a breakfast of cereal and a short cleanup, Daddy Peter sent Pearson and Penelope off to play. Penelope played with Patience and Priscilla, her baby twin sisters, for a while, before wandering upstairs to play with some of her new dolls. Mama Peters walked into the bedroom behind her and picked up Penelope's new favorite doll, a little brown-haired gal named Bridget. Pen, did you have a good Christmas? Mama Peters asked, stroking Bridget's hair. Oh, yes, Mama Peters. It was so much fun, Penelope answered exuberantly, looking up from the pink dress she was trying to put over her doll's head. So did I. What was your favorite part, Pen? Oh, I think the presents. But I also so love singing the Christmas carols. You're so good at the piano, Mama. Thanks, darling. I'm so thankful you're such a good sister to Patience and Priscilla. I wanted you to know that I love the way you've been spending time with them each day and helping Daddy Peters and me with them. We just love how you kids love the babies. Aren't they the best presents ever? Oh, yes, Mama Peters, especially when Priscilla makes her funny squealing noise like, and I think Patience is getting chubbier than Priscilla, like her wrists. They look like they're getting rubber bands around them, Mama. Was I ever that big? Well, you actually came out weighing more than either of the babies weigh right now, sweet girl. Can you believe that? You were so much bigger. And yes, you had what we call rubber band wrists too. Penelope laughed. (laughs) That's so funny. She paused and then asked, where's Pearson? Oh, he and Daddy Peters are out in the front trying out Pearson's new scooter. Want me to play dolls with you for a little while since the girls are sound asleep? That would be wonderful, Mama Peters. While Mama Peters played dolls on the floor upstairs, Daddy Peters was outside watching Pearson work on his scootering. He was really getting the hang of riding and loved feeling the wind in his hair as he rode up and down the small hill of their street. Daddy Peters had even shoveled a fun, curvy path in the snow for Pearson to practice making turns. Pearson wound around the path and back up the hill, while Daddy Peters began to shovel the snow off the driveway at the house. It was hard, back-breaking work, but Daddy Peters enjoyed it. He appreciated the exercise it afforded him, since snow in winter made physical activity a little tough at times. His concentration was broken when Pearson, who was at the top of the hill, yelled, Daddy Peters, 
Watch this! Daddy took a moment of rest as he leaned on the shovel and looked up at Pearson, who began his rapid descent and pushed the scooter at breakneck speed down the curvy hill. He felt the thrill of speed and pushed harder against the ground. He took the first curve to the right, which produced butterflies in his stomach as he made the turn. He kicked against the ground again and curved left at the next turn. Daddy Peters hooted and hollered encouragement from the driveway below. Pearson hurtled down the hill, picking up speed as he turned. As the scooter continued on its course, though, Pearson didn't notice the black ice on the ground. Before he had time to slow down, his scooter steering column encountered some speed wobbles. Pearson lost control as the scooter careened and seemed to have a mind of its own. He was thrown from the scooter and landed hard on the ground. He attempted to break his fall by throwing his hands to the ground and rolling a bit before coming to a complete stop. But when his hands hit the ground under the weight of his body, he heard a gruesome sound that he had never heard before and felt a sharp pain like he had never felt either. Because it had happened so fast, he had trouble comprehending what was happening. But the distinct snapping sound in the quiet of the snow around him, followed by the sickening pain that shot up his arm, brought tears to Pearson's eyes as he finally stopped with a thud. Pearson! Daddy Peters yelled from the driveway. In a short time, he was within arm's reach of his son. He picked Pearson up from the ground, and even though Pearson was a bit unaware of all that was happening around him, he realized that Daddy Peters had picked him up and the scooter as if they were light as feathers. Despite the excruciating pain, Pearson felt the comfort of Daddy Peters' strong hug and secure grip, even as hot tears of pain rolled down his cheeks. Daddy Peters opened the door to the house and brought Pearson to the couch. He placed him down gingerly on the throw pillows and walked upstairs to Mama Peters, who was still on the floor of Penelope's bedroom, where they both sat playing dolls. Mama Peters? Pearson fell off his scooter, and there seems to be a problem with his arm. Daddy Peters' voice was steady but sober, and Mama Peters was able to read the seriousness of the situation. Okay, I'll come down and take a look. Trying to stay calm, and pushing her emotions aside, Mama Peters rushed downstairs to where Pearson was on the couch, moaning softly. She stood observing the scene, and soon noticed the cockeyed position of Pearson's arm across the pillows. She grew lightheaded and had to sit down. He needs to go to the hospital! Daddy Peters had already come to the same conclusion and was throwing some snacks into his backpack. I'm all over it, Mama Peters. I hear one of the babies. I'll have Penelope bring her downstairs. Daddy Peters called to Penelope to bring baby patients down to Mama Peters, who seemed unable to concentrate in her Queen Anne chair. Penelope happily complied and came back downstairs carrying her baby sister. However, within a minute or two, she had to make a quick dash back upstairs for Priscilla, who had also begun to stir. As Mama Peters fed patients, Penelope rocked Priscilla. With the backpack ready to go, Daddy Peters turned toward Pearson, who was lying still and quietly whimpering on the couch. Daddy reached out and began to rub Pearson's forehead. Time to go, Pierce. But before we go, let's pray. God, we are so thankful that you have caused all things, including this thing, by your most powerful hand. Lord, would you help Pearson to endure the pain well and help the doctors to know quickly what is wrong? If it would be your will, would you give us a relatively quick trip to the emergency room and cause us to trust in you and glorify you in this time? We love you. Cause us to love you more. Amen. With the prayer finished in a packed backpack, Daddy Peters scooped Pearson up into his arms, carefully supporting his left arm, and kissed Mama Peters before walking out the door. On the way to the hospital, Daddy Peters explained to Pearson all that was going on. Buddy, we're going to the same hospital we had the twins at, so you were just there. But we are going to the ER this time. 
That's a different part of the hospital. They'll probably see your arm and x-ray it really quickly. Why really quickly, Daddy Peters? Pearson asked, trying to push the pain out of his mind. Because I think they're going to see, like I can see, that your arm is obviously broken. What do you mean, obviously? I mean that it really does look like, to me, that it's broken, and I'm not even a doctor. Okay. Do I get a cast? We will see, Daddy Peters answered as he pulled into the ER parking lot and pulled the car to a stop. Daddy quickly threw on his backpack and helped Pearson out of the car, helping to support his arm as he walked with him. They walked up to the clerk, who checked them in, and within minutes they were in triage, where Pearson was getting checked out by the nurse. She assessed his injury and helped him into a temporary black sling, noting that he would have an x-ray almost immediately. But Pearson and Daddy Peters would have to sit in the waiting room first. Pearson didn't think it was so bad with the sling on, and soon got lost in an episode of The Amazings 2, the show playing on the waiting room TV. Daddy Peters was relieved and grateful for the distraction of the TV show. He silently prayed a prayer of gratitude that God was giving Pearson the endurance he needed to wait through the pain. About ten minutes later, the tech summoned Pearson back to the x-ray room. The x-rays confirmed that Pearson had broken his wrist, and it would require a closed reduction because the bones had been displaced. The doctors would have to manually set the bone before casting it. The doctor explained that the procedure would be extremely painful and that Pearson would have to hold still for the doctor. As Pearson listened, his face grew hot and beat red. His nerves were getting the best of him, and the idea of pain caused anxiety. Daddy Peters reached over and gently patted his back, and though Pearson took comfort from Daddy's touch, he still wondered how he would ever get through the pain. The doctor left the small exam room, and Pearson laid back on the examination table. Daddy Peters took the opportunity to pray with Pearson again and encourage him to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, make your request made known unto God, and then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Pearson nodded in understanding, and the doctor and nurse entered the room. Are you ready, Pearson? the doctor asked. Pearson nodded, albeit a bit slowly. Mr. Peters? You can come over here and stand and hold Pearson's other hand as his left wrist is being set, the nurse explained. The doctor got Pearson situated, and almost immediately Pearson felt the pain shoot through his arm as he looked at Daddy Peters, who had tears in his eyes. Daddy spoke softly, Sing in your head, bud. Pearson began to internally sing, Rock of Ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. The song was a diversion, and it helped him as he used all of his self-control to lie as still as possible. A few minutes after the bone was successfully set, the piercing pain stopped. Daddy Peters and Pearson were sent down the hall to the cast room, where an elbow-length cast was put on. Thankfully, his pain had subsided, and he breathed more easily. After some instructions from the nurse about how to care for the injury, and booking another appointment for the next week, Daddy Peters and Pearson left the hospital. From the car, Pearson called Mama Peters. Daddy Peters gave her the rundown about Pearson's break and all about the process, which had taken about two hours. Everyone was tired and hungry from the trauma of a broken bone, so Mama suggested that Daddy Peters stop for some sandwiches for dinner. And that's exactly what they did. After picking up some sandwiches from the local deli, they were finally on their way home. As they rode along, Pearson's heart was overwhelmed with joy. Despite the severe pain he'd experienced as the doctor set his bone, God had sustained Pearson through the hardest pain of his life. 
He turned to Daddy Peters affectionately, remembering how great it was to have the strongest man in the world as his dad. Thanks, Daddy Peters, for coming with me, Pearson said genuinely. You don't think I was going to have you go to the dock by yourself, do you, bud? Daddy asked with a wink. That's part of my job as a dad, and I wouldn't have it any other way. You were unbelievably brave today, Piers. I'm praising the Lord for his grace in your life and in mine. It wasn't an easy thing to go through. I know, and I don't know how I'd ever get through that pain again. It was horrible. Pearson was in dread thinking about more possible future pain. Bud, God's grace is sufficient, and he'll help you with each new trial in your life. Don't borrow trouble. For now, just be thankful that the break wasn't worse and that we have capable medical personnel who can treat broken bones. You don't have to think about future pain right now. Yeah, I know. But I was thinking about Jesus. What do you mean, Piers? Well, when I was getting my arms set, I was thinking about Jesus. I was thinking about how horrible it was to get my arms set. But then I thought about how much worse it must have been for Jesus to have to die on the cross. Daddy Peters, I, I, I don't think I could ever have nails put through my hand, through my hands ever. Thankfully, God isn't calling you to do that, at least right now, Pierce. Isn't it a blessing that God put that on Jesus and not on you? Oh, yes, but that was so much pain. I know, but you know what, Pearson? The worst of it for Jesus wasn't the physical pain he endured. What was worse was that he who knew no sin became sin for us just so that we might become the righteousness of God. But do you understand that? I think I'm getting it more and more, Daddy. They rode in silence for the next several minutes as Daddy drove, and Pearson studied his cast. He was looking forward to getting home and showing it to Mama Peters and his sisters. He couldn't wait for Daddy, Mama, and Penn to sign it, and he envisioned all of his friends' names written in black permanent marker on his green cast. But his thoughts about Jesus and the pain he endured on the cross had given him an idea. Daddy Peters, do you have a pen? Daddy nodded and directed Pearson to open the glove box where there were several pins. With his right hand, Pearson opened the glove box and grabbed a pin. In a deliberate, focused way, he began to draw on his cast. Drawing vertical strokes first, he repeated the up and down movement several more times before he was satisfied. The horizontal strokes came next. After he had repeated the same strokes over and over, he stopped and took a look at his work. Daddy Peters was curious, but he continued driving in silence and waited patiently until Pearson's artwork was complete. After a few finishing touches, Pearson looked up and held his cast out to Daddy Peters. There, in black pen, Pearson had sketched a cross, as dark as he could with an ordinary pen not made for drawing on casts. I want to remember the pain of Jesus every time I look at my arm, Daddy. With a voice choked with emotion, Daddy Peters nodded. It's easy to forget. I'm thankful for that reminder too, buddy. After another stop sign, Daddy finally turned on their street. Now let's get in the house and eat. I'm starving. But wait, aren't you forgetting something, Daddy Peters? Daddy looked quizzical. Hmm. Am I? Well, there's something much more important than eating, Daddy. Before we eat, he drew his words out dramatically, Mama and Pen and you... Need to sign my cast. He swung open the car door and began to charge up the driveway before Daddy yelled out playfully, Slow down, Pierce! Or the doctor will be setting another bone if you're not careful. Pearson slowed his pace 
and opened the front door to the warmth of his family and home, then made a beeline and went straight to the kitchen drawer where he pulled out a permanent marker. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Grandmom's Corner. Today, I'm going to interview two of my grandchildren, both of whom have broken bones recently. My oldest grandson, Judah, who is also my oldest grandchild, broke his collarbone in July of 2019 while he was scootering at a local skate park. I'll also be chatting with Phoebe, my granddaughter, who broke her wrist in November of 2019. I'll start with Judah. Hi, Judah. Can you share, first of all, how old you are? I'm 12 years old. Now, something pretty eventful happened in July of 2019 while you were scootering at the skate park. Can you share some of the details about what happened that day? I was trying to get mega air and I fell too far forward and I fell on my collarbone. Since I've never scootered or even done much skateboarding when I was a kid, I don't have any idea what mega air is. So we'll just keep going. You've mentioned before that you knew immediately you had broken something. How did you know that? Because I couldn't raise my left arm at all and it hurt so much. There's no good time to break a collarbone, or any bone for that matter. But I know in your case that it was tough because July is a month that there's lots of activities for the summer at church. And I know there's something called summer days that you guys get to go and do all kinds of fun things like go to the beach and go to Waterworld. Did breaking a collarbone throw a wrench in your plans? Yes, youth group outings and I couldn't scooter for 10 weeks and I had to miss a bunch of things. I know that was so hard for you. Even though Papa and I know that everything that comes to us is from the Lord, we really felt bad that you had to miss out on a lot of your summer. But we were thankful and simultaneously proud and humbled by your good attitude. I already know the story, but maybe you can share with us as we wrap this up what you told your mom after you broke your collarbone and realized how much your summer would be affected as a result. I had to pray to accept God's will. That couldn't do anything for the pat for 10 weeks. Well, the way you handled it, Judah, was a blessing to my heart. Thanks for sharing your story with us. I love you, kid. I love you too. Now it's time for me to talk to my granddaughter, Phoebe. Phoebe has two baby brothers and a sister, so you might hear them in the background because they're in the other room. Hi, Phoebe. Hi. Can you tell us how old you are? I'm seven. Back in November, you hurt your wrist at church when you were on the playground. Can you give us some details about what happened? I fell off the swing when I was about to get off. I know that some of your friends saw what happened. Can you tell us who they were and what they did for you? Like my friend Emmy and um, Maggie and a girl named Evie. They took me to the office. And after you went to the office, then what happened? They called my dad. I know they called a nurse from the church to help you. And what did he do for you? They bandaged my wrist up. And then you went to the hospital with your daddy, right? Yes. So when you got to the hospital, you probably had to sit in the waiting room. Yes. So once you got to the waiting room, what did you and your daddy do? He prayed with me. And then did the nurse call you back? Yes. Did you have an x-ray? Yes. And then what happened? And then they took the IV. They put an IV in your arm? Yes. 
I'm sure you needed the IV because you had to be put to sleep for a few minutes. Yes. And why did they do that? Um, to like straighten out the bone. So after you awakened, did you get a cast that day? Uh, no, I just got like the rotting around my wrist. And your mama told me that you were really disappointed because you had been looking forward to getting a cast. Yes, because I really wanted one. When did you end up getting a cast? I got it like the three or four weeks after. What color was your new cast? Pink and blue. And how long was the cast? Um, it was like all the way like to my elbow. So after you got the elbow length cast and you had it on for a couple weeks, then what did you get? I got a short arm cast. And what color was that one? Red and green. Ah, Christmas colors. Is that why you chose red and green? Yes. Did you get people to sign your cast? Yes, a lot of them. Lastly, I noticed you're not wearing a cast. Yeah, I don't need to wear it anymore because it's almost healed. And that's a big praise to God because he's the only one who can heal and the only one who can put broken bones back together. Thanks, Phoebe, for taking the time to talk to Grandmom about your broken wrist. I love you. Love you, Grandmom. As Judah and Phoebe noted, God gave both of them strength. He provided strength for them as they both went through painful times. And when Judah had to miss most of the summer's activities, God gave him strength and a good attitude to accept that this was God's will for him. Let me read you a couple verses from Psalm 121, 1 through 2, that you might want to remember in the coming week. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Remember that this week, that your help comes from God. So on Monday, when most of you will have to go back to school, have a good attitude and understand that your help will come from God. Or if you're on the playground and you happen to fall off a swing and you break a bone, God sees that and he'll help you in that too. Or if you happen to get a cold like I have and you have to stay home and miss out on some things, God will help you to have a grateful attitude despite that. We hope you come back next week for another adventure about the Peters children. Bye for now.